Welcome to Sustainable 125. Welcome yourself, you splendidly quaffered monkey, to Sustainable 125. We are your friendly little environment podcast all about people and the planet and why, despite everything being Norse, we can have a wee chuckle about it every now and then, ain't we all? Yes. What have we got coming up this week then? Well, Dave, we are going to be talking about some rather exciting stuff happening in Spain. Yes, there, yes. Ah, that, 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 that's good, Joe. <laughs> Dear uh, <laughs> is there a nation left on Earth? Yeah, there is actually. Yeah, yeah Bulgaria. We've not yet got. Yeah, them. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Oh, wow. Yeah, I, wonder, there, I right. wonder what I was stitched into there, <laughs> to that gap. Uh, yes, uh, Spain, Escocio, uh, because they are, well, they're going to shut down their coal mines and they're doing it in a rather groovy way. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, some splendidly boring and uh, sending us to sleep inducing politicians in the UK, banging on about nothing in particular. Um, and we're going to have to talk about how all of the animals are dead, like loads of animals are dead, and we're going to have to therefore restart our our, um, our approach to conservation. So that's shut down, yes. sleep, restart. <laughs> Very good. Very good old. Well, just before any of that, uh, just the usual disclaimer, we do work for environmental charities, but these are very much our own views. So if anything that you hear makes your hard drive fragment, (laughs) don't take it up with anyone for whom we work, but take it up with me and him, yes? Yes, all right, let's have an emergency reboot. Let's let's reboot in safe mode. (laughs) That's probably the best thing for it. Oh yeah, sorry for all the uh, laughter and fun in the background. Someone around here is having laughter and fun. We'll soon disabuse them of that notion. Reasons to be cheerful. So, reasons to be cheerful. Isn't there a podcast called that? I just want it put on record in case you're listening to us for the first time. And you've That's been the listening. quickest I've been interrupted. I hadn't even finished announcing the section <laughs> header and I've been interrupted. Oh, brace yourself. There's other sections. I'll see what I can do. Uh, there's another podcast called that, but we were there first. So we should be suing them, really. Yeah. yeah. 80. All the threes, 33. Yes. Reasons to be cheerful. So this is the section where we go, la, 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 fingers in ears. There's some nice stuff happening, but there is some nice stuff happening, and it is happening in Spain. Oh, oh, lovely mucho, Spain. Mucho bueno, mucho bueno. Mm. Yeah, this is a thing what happened. Um, del Sol. <laughs> it's a thing what Why have you even said, why have you said those words? <laughs> uh, in Spain, they have announced a deal uh, to shut down all their coal mines. Yay! Cool. Very cool. Well, isn't, is it? Because what about all the miners? Oh, 
Well, I mean, this is the thing. So they have shut down all their coal mines. They have announced they're going to shut them all down by the end of the year. And they have, and that's not, you know, in and of itself, that is a thing what would be... Hang on a minute. The end of the year is soon. Yes. We're in October. Indeed, you No, we're not. November. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really? so, even sooner, yeah, that's right. Um, and that would be bad news if you were, for example, a coal miner, which would make the whole thing a bit like, you know, when Maggie Thatcher went to Wales and said, Oi, Wales bugger off yes and like shut down the whole coal mining industry which is not cricket oh no uh, for more on cricket go back and listen to 100, 112 uh, when we talk about cricket excellent excellent work thanks very much uh, we but- could do that with all of our episodes <laughs> Anyway, shut up and listen, right? Um, so, but they're not going to shaft the coal miners up the wrong Shaft! Hey, very good. That really is the pits, that pun. Uh, they are going to pay them some money to bugger off. Uh, and they're going to pay them 221 million quid or 250 million of your euros at the time of recording, probably changing rapidly, uh, to bugger off and to, like, give some of them early retirement. So I think any of them who are older than 45 or 48. Like 48, 48 right? yeah. get early retirement. Um, and then to invest enough money in the places where the coal mines is in order to make them places got other jobs in it, like renewable energy and stuff. And... Uh, if I could just get a word in edgeways, mm. um, they are also, they've done it with the unions. So it's not like a thing they have done, like the government's just gone, right, this is what we're doing. They've done it with the unions and with the workers, and everyone's gone, brills. So this is very important, isn't it? And it's a thing that is usually referred to as a just transition. That's right. What's a just transition, Dave? Uh, well, it's what we were just talking about there. Transition. What's a transition? Oh, <laughs> going from one thing to another. Such as? Such as working in a stinky high-carbon industry to a swanky low-carbon industry. Right, very good. And what does just mean? Fair. Right. So what's a just transition, then? A fair move from high-carbon industry to swanky low-carbon industry. Very good. For more on all answering his own questions, go back and listen to episode 124. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, what what it is, I guess, getting at is if we are going to make the rapid switch to a low-carbon world, um, which we have to, otherwise we're all fried, then lots of jobs that in normal... Well, without that imperative would otherwise continue are going to have to stop. And that is shit if you've got one of those jobs. Yes. And so it, it recognises that you don't just get to pull a lever, unless you're China, I suppose, uh, you don't just get to pull a lever that says, oi, all of you industries... Or Cyril Sneer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all of you industries, stop now, and all of you plebs doing the jobs, just deal with that. That isn't how... Society works. That's not how politics works. You have to go, okay, we need you to support this. We need you to buy into this. And we need to, everyone needs to recognise that this is a shit state of affairs. However, there can be a very good outcome of this because what we're not saying is no more jobs. We're saying no more of these jobs, do these jobs instead. And so if you can do it properly and say, right, here's some money to invest in training people to build wind turbines rather than building uh, gas power stations or whatever 
or yeah you know build and install solar panels rather than dig up coal obviously that's these are very crude examples i think better ones are in the car industry actually so stop assembling diesel engines start building electric cars like that is already happening if you can invest the money and and create the factories and create the jobs where where, uh, where people can actually make that change then that is a fair and just transition so that's good well, it's not really happening in the uk very much it's not really but happening in anywhere spain well. is i mean it sounds that sounds really good actually rubbish i haven't seen gilga down the labor exchange um and there's not many places that are going actually we're going to change stuff and we're going to do it in a way that is good for people who work in that industry right uh your environmental greeny tree huggy people and we're probably guilty at this go back and listen to like enough of our episodes right where we say things like Here's a thing that's just happened, which is going to cost people some jobs in high carbon industry. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, not explicitly like that, but you know, every time you say something like, oh, this dirty thing isn't happening anymore, that's someone who had a job in that dirty thing. And it is shit if you've just had your job taken away. There's no two ways about it. Whether or not it's good for the planet, it's shit. Yeah. There's a very strange thing going on here, which is. Uh, l- Lots of people for a long time have, on the left, have been campaigning for jobs to not be taken away from workers and from communities often that rely entirely on one major employer or one major industry uh, and for very good and obvious reason and the you know the, the the impact of those industries being pulled from under people is still being felt in lots and lots of places it's it's awful what the strange thing is that those same people are are now saying, yeah, but in this case, we we do need these industries to stop, and uh, and that's a weird one, isn't it? Like hard sell, it's is a hard it sell. Yeah. But you know, the same. I, I was doing a thing today at the time of recording, talking about um, aviation, and uh, you know, there are lots and lots of people who will get lots of jobs if you build more runways and more airports, and they want them. And the unions that represent them largely say, well, if you want them, we want them. And we have to go, yeah, jobs are good, but 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 these ones are bad and, and you can't have them and please support us. And that is difficult. Their minds have to shut anyway, by law, because of Europe. So right. uh, Europe said... Yerp Law said by the end of 2018, you can't subsidise coal mines anymore. That's the law. And these coal mines in Spain were just hemorrhaging money, basically, and were being kept going. They'd been given special dispensation, I think, to keep them going for a bit longer. Yes, I think they they were going to shut down two years ago or something, and and Europe said, all right, two more years. But then that's really it. And then and like, then you come up with a plan. So they kind of had to do something about it. And there's, uh, that's actually a thing that we don't have. Now, we've talked a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot over the last wee while about, ooh, isn't climate change awful? Isn't it terrible? But you properly need that kind of stick of going, no, you have to stop this in order to get the people all around the table, all of whom want a good outcome for the people who work there. But in order to go, right, this is happening unfortunately. So let's make it as unshit as possible. Mm. And in fact, ideally, let's make it actively good. So instead, like coal mining is not necessarily a brilliant job, right? So let's get you a job that's better. Or like, yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll pay you to sit around and drink sangria all day. That's, <laughs> that's also not shit, right? Um, so a lot of that. But if you've got somewhere like, say, Aberdeen, uh, which is in the north of Scotland, mm. uh, not a million miles away from where Arabella lives and 
couple of that lot. You know, in well, the, in the sense that it's Scotland. Yeah, so they're not a million miles away. <laughs> <laughs> which, which part of that do you disagree? <laughs> um, Aberdeen is like uh, probably some listeners do sustainable live in Aberdeen. It's all about oil. Aberdeen, you come out the train station in Aberdeen, you've got zonking great oil tankers in the docks what are just by the train station. It's like something like three or four times the size it was before oil come along. There's like a whole... And that's when? We're talking like 70s. 70s yeah, yeah, 70s. Because um, no bugger would live up there. It's miles away and it's cold, <laughs> right? Um, and like the... There's entire... the city in the UK outside of London? Yeah, massively. I think. Massively. I don't yes. know if that's... I don't know how that's rated, whether it's per capita or something, but it's it's got disproportionately loads of cash because of oil. And all the people, uh, you know, that economy is much bigger than it would otherwise be. There are much more bed and breakfasts, more conference centres, more cafes. If, say, someone come along with a stick to Aberdeen and just started going around and finding anyone who works in an oil rig and just saying, give me your keys or I'll hit you with this stick, and then just, like, shuttle the oil rigs down, it's not like the only thing you'd have to do would be to pay off them oil workers, you'd have to worry about the fact that you've taken an entire city that's founded in its modern form on a fossil fuel and nosed it. So you'd need like a plan for Aberdeen as a whole. You don't just it's not just sort of industry by industry thing. Um so it's not always that simple really. It's just some some cases more or less, you know, but it's not always that simple. But you do still need it because if you don't get it, this is the main thing really, if you could just let me finish. Um, the main <laughs> thing is... I've, I've actually been working through quite a lot of the little admin life tasks I've got <laughs> to do and I've, um, I've ticked off quite a few in my head actually, yeah. So this has been useful. Carry on. This is the main thing, right? Uh, this is the main thing. This is the main thing about... That just, was all preamble. Yes. The main thing is this. Good right? God. We need to, we being you and me, yoghurt, knitting, floppy-haired, sort of monkeys, need to (laughs) care about this stuff, what happens to the workers, not just for that kind of slightly flappy sense that you get sometimes at like, oh, we should care about the workers, not just because like you should, right? This isn't virtue signalling, is it? No. This isn't, oh, hang on, better sound like I care about the workers. No, and the problem is that I think a lot of, I think for a lot of climate campaigners, if I'm being honest, that is what they how they mm. deal with it. They will say climate change is really important. Obviously, we need to do something about the workers. But climate change is really important, right? And if you work in the industry, that's shit. You don't want to hear that. It's not going to get you very far. And because it's not going to get you very far, that means it's a lot less likely to sodding happen. Like, if you, this isn't a case of we need to do what the workers want. This is like, right, like, how do we, what are those people want? What do they need? How can we give it to them? How can we give them more power? How can we give them more ownership over where we work because otherwise they'll resist it and they'll fight it and you'll shaft whole communities and that will get resisted and fought in the same way as 40 years on like the people of South Wales haven't gone ah it's all right what Maggie Thatcher did she was bless her she was all right they're still pissed off about it looking looking back not all bad is what the people of Maggie of of South Wales say we got a new European commission funded swimming pool out of it (laughs) yes (laughs) well I think the unions are obviously one body where a fanatical tiny fanatical minority can and seem to be able to take over a whole union and then say that they represent the whole union. Uh, some uh, of the yeah, it's, it's, so it's not a nice to have, is it? It's the only way you get widespread support for a rapid transition of your economy away from high carbon jobs to low carbon um, is, is if people are bought into that idea and think that they're not going to have their livelihoods Wrecked. So it is the only way that you you get there. It's not a nice to have. All it's trying to do is fairly 
I think that's what you're getting at. However, yes. there are loads and loads of industries and jobs what are going to be decimated over the next period of time, right? Like? Well, you're already seeing automation taking a lot of jobs in, uh, you know, like warehouse packing. Like we uh, were talking to Aiden in last week's episode. Yeah. About. Yeah. And there was there was an amazing blog by a trucker in America a few years ago that was like, yeah, like my job's going to be the first one to go because you can have driverless trucks or like, you know, three of four in a caravan can be driverless. Um, you know, I don't mean in a literal caravan there, don't you? Uh, what? <laughs> you weren't listening. <laughs> I knew you were. When I said that, when I said three or four in a caravan, I was like, that's strange. Dave would, got, Dave would usually go, in a caravan? And he didn't say anything at all. I'm really, really sorry. I, I genuinely was thinking about my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> right. Screw you. You won't know what I said. Anyway, the point what is... talking about caravans? For? There we go. He's well, back in the room. We, is that an industry threatened by uh, automation, the caravan manufacturing industry? No, but if you notice how caravans have got, like, massive these days... When I was growing up, caravans were little things that were parked in people's front gardens. Now they're sodding like cities on wheels. Are you sure that when you were growing up, the front gardens weren't massive? (laughs) (laughs) The caravans have actually stayed the same size. I'm talking about the front gardens of, like, the gardener's cottage who lived near the gatehouse in the estate, obviously, you know. What was I talking about? I think you are right. Oh, that a lot of this stuff is coming down the pipes anyway. A lot of it's coming down the pipes for like oil and gas industry stuff. You go back and listen to episode 50 when we talked about steel and we talked about all of the hoo-ha going on at the Tata steel plant in Patalba in Wales. Yeah, I saw that the other day. Big, in it, Stinky, innit? Amazing, though. Like, kind of beautiful in a way. Yeah, no, I agree. In a sort of stinky, hellish kind of way, I agree. Yeah. What it is is a thing that employs 40,000 people. It's like yeah. a big deal, right? Entirely, you know, God, a town. I don't know is that many. Yeah, 40,000. Totally, indirectly, indirectly and indirectly, yeah. So it's a big old deal. Um, and the, that's up the Swanee because of Chinese steel getting very cheap. And we were talking about people bang on about, oh, green policies, this, that and the other. That's not really what's going on. Like, See the, episode 50? I just said that. Did you? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Christ, I would go at me for zoning out, and you—I'm actually—you're actually reacting to things I'm saying, and not listening. <laughs> anyway, yes, and that, the places like that, which are also high-carbon industries, are in trouble. Anyway, your oil industry in the North Sea, North Sea oil is not the cheapest oil to get out, right? The price of oil is, you know, it goes up and down, goes up and down, but the higher, the lower down it goes, the more trouble that means for places like the North Sea. Um, and that oil is running out on a long enough timescale, not kind of quick enough from the point of view of climate change, but it's running out. Um, and so you've got a choice, right? Got a choice with all of this, which is, do you just let it happen and shaft workers? Or do you go, all right, what do we need? What do we do about it? Um, and properly give powers and voice to the people that need to do that. And you make it kind of unequivocal that this is the thing that's happening, in the same way as Europe did to Spain. Uh, But then you say, all right, what's the absolute best way we can do this, and how can we give people a better deal rather than a shitty one? That's what a just transition is. So Spain person, uh, Montserrat Mir, I think, the Spanish Confederal Secretary for the European Trade Union Congress, said uh, that this model could be applied elsewhere i've just accidentally swiped that's a nice picture of a coal miner then said spain can export this deal as an example of good practice she said we have shown that it's possible to follow the paris agreement without damage to people's livelihoods we don't need to choose between a job and protecting the environment it's possible to have both 
And up in Scotland, they have just established, thanks to the joint hard work of lots of green NGO types and unions and local authorities and stuff, they've established a Just Transition Commission up there, which is a thing that hasn't really started work yet, but it will look at what you do about like Aberdeen and other issues like that in Scotland. So, uh, yeah, it is, a, it is a sort of model you can make. It won't be exactly the same, but the basic idea of going, what money should we provide to what people to go and do something else... Uh, and like how do we make this something they want that's what you need you need that good well done Spain So, Inhofe of the Week, this is a section of the show named after a senator in America who is a little fleck of jism. <laughs> Very good. Should because... We tweet, should we tweet that at him? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Inhofe, isn't it? Yeah. Senator, senator Inhofe. Senator Jim Inhofe. A little Jim fleck Inhofe. of jism. Why is he a fleck of jism? Oh. He's a fleck of jism because he says climate change isn't real because there is still snow. What a fleck of jism. What a jismy jizz hole. Uh, he, he is. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that when I started that sentence, <laughs> but I said it, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Kiss your mother with that mouth. You've gone mental. I'm getting out of here, Damien. And Bye. this week we've got somebody who we all know and are completely sort of, sort of don't hate him because he's so dull, but should hate him because he's an arsehole. Uh, Philip oh, no, Hammond, he's not an the arsehole. Chancellor of the Exchequer. He is an arsehole. Why is he an asshole? What has he done? Nothing on the environment. That's that's the thing. Like his budgets are terrible. Somebody got up on the wrong side of the bread. What's he said? Well, very little. So he was. They were banging on about how they would maybe introduce a ban on uh, plastic. Not a ban. A, a a charge on disposable coffee cups. Not happened. That hasn't happened. Um, did introduce some sort of consultation on plastic, though. What was it? Uh, there's going to be a consultation on whether or not you should do a tax on some pla- on plastic packaging, which That's is like right. more, uh, greater than thirty percent non-recycled. Or yes, something. if you're making stuff uh, out of plastic whose content is not at least thirty percent recycled plastic, then we will tax you. And I suppose. The idea is that then that will provide more favourable uh, financial incentives to use recycled... It's a good thing. A, a market for recycled plastic good thing. that isn't currently there. Good thing. Yeah. So why is he a arsehole for doing that? Well, I don't know. I mean, like, is that enough? And he's only, as ever, it's a consultation. And if everyone agrees to it, which, you know, the plastic industry won't, but if everyone agrees to it, it'll come up, come in in like 2026 or something, isn't it? So, Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with it, Oh, I'll tell you what's bloody wrong with it. As, friend, as a friend <laughs> of the babble, James Murray said, um, it's plastics has become the thing, which you're not doing much about anyway, but it's also the thing you're doing to disguise the fact you are doing sweet naff all about anything else. Now, a couple of weeks ago, you will remember that the international Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change brought out a Mahusia Great Report that said if we don't halve global carbon emissions in the next 12 years, we are going to die. We are all stuffed, right? We talked about it, episode 122, go back and listen. You would yes, hope... Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Good. Well, you would hope that your man, Philip Hammond, Chancellor of the Exchequer, would mention that or have it in his head or vaguely do something that even slightly made reference to the fact that the entire way we run our economy has got to change. But he didn't. Didn't mention it at all. Nope. At all. And you remember that... 
bastard George Osborne, who was Chancellor before. You remember him. Yeah, I do remember him. And I also really enjoyed seeing him getting told off like a naughty schoolboy by uh, Polly Toynbee on Newsnight. Should we play, play a bit of that? Yeah, yeah. Has been despicable, and I would want to be and in you, no way associated. And nor do I think your idea that I don't, I don't think you, I think we can take Polly that. Polly doesn't then. accept the theory. Okay, <laughs> okay. No, the I mean, I don't agree with everything Polly Toynbee says by any stretch, but like that is that is magnificent. Well, he used to be a bastard on climate change, but he would at least do some stuff to make it look like he was doing something. Like, whenever I was sort of commenting on what's happened, I'd always said, well, he's done thing X, but he hasn't done things Y and Z. Well, Philip Hammond hasn't even done thing X. And Philip Hammond doesn't have the excuse of it being the past, which is what George (laughs) Osborne has. It's the present, it's the now, and stuff is really bad and really scary. Uh, Why has he done it all? Huh? Why? What? Why has he done what? Well, okay. I don't know if this is what you were going to say, but I'm, I'm on a flow, so you're going to shut up and answer my question, right? Government is doing quite a lot of stuff on green. We talked just a couple well, of episodes. saying quite a lot of stuff on green. Right, but it's yeah. at least like, you know, we talked about green Great Britain and Northern Ireland week uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks <laughs> ago. <laughs> uh, and, you know, well, they were announcing money here all over the place for, like, this bit of green investment, that bit of green investment, you know. like, And they are sometimes really banging on with the sustainable drum about all the stuff they're doing. So why – it's not – you would have to actively decide not to talk about that in a speech. It's not like you won't just be too busy to mention it or have too much else going on. The speech is this sort of political set piece – and Hammond has clearly gone, I'm actively not going to talk about that stuff. It harms me somehow. Yeah, it's weird, isn't to it? To have that in. Why is that then? It's, it's, I don't know. Well, obviously, some sort of political assessment that says we stand to gain favourability and therefore potentially vote by banging on about plastic, but lose it if we bang on about climate. Like, I, I can only imagine that that is what's happening. Or, or maybe, maybe it's a more personal political project, which is... Okay, I would like to be in the race for the leadership when uh, Mrs. May steps down and steps down. Steps down. <laughs> that's one, way, that's one way of describing what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, Mrs. May. Yeah, no, we won't continue the hideous <laughs> no, indeed. metaphors that have been used to describe what's going to happen to it. Um, but this is what we've just been talking about, isn't it? Like politicians don't want to do stuff that annoys people or looks yeah. like it annoys people, yeah. even though it doesn't annoy people. Well, it doesn't annoy ordinary people, but but. Presumably, he reckons that there is a path to becoming leader of the party, if that's what he wants to do. I don't know. Or um, or furthering his political career somehow by going, right, climate change, not going to say anything about it. I mean, in his slight defence, George Osborne used to stand up at budgets and say, we're not going to save the planet by putting the country out of business. Yes. And what that was code for was, I don't care about this green stuff and I care much more about, like keeping businesses happy, so here's some tax breaks for businesses. Um, and, and Hammond isn't saying that, is he? He's not going, he's not actively being environments are, environments are not important. He's just not saying it, so it's there by implication. And honestly, Mr Deputy Speaker, I can say that this is virtually the only announcement in this budget that hasn't leaked. <laughs> Things that make you go, Jesus, shit it, oh God. Had to get the train. So, things that make you go, 
Jesus, shit. Oh, oh God. We're all going to die. Good one this week. Yeah, we're, yeah. All the animals are dead. Yeah. Not all the insects, all the animals. Not all the hedgehogs, all the animals. Well, it's only the animals with a spine. <laughs> right. Uh, a fish got spines? Yep. Are they? Yeah. Oh, you suppose they are. Bones. Yeah. Why, what's, what in particular is bad news for spined animals? What, <laughs> some reason that's, the, that's the, the thing that they count in this right. thing. What are we talking about? Uh, humanity has wiped out 60% of mammals, birds, fish and reptiles since the year 1970, according to the WWF in their latest massive global survey of all the animals. Um, that's it. Yeah. So that seems like a lot. And that, that is that is numbers, isn't it? That's, that's not like, I don't know how else you do it. But it's, it's not... It's not what, chips? <laughs> they, have, they have counted the number of animals, not the number of species, the number of animals in a place. 16,000 different populations of animals. Yeah. Right. And then each time they come to recount those populations, well, the number's gone down, and now the number is 60% lower than it was when they first started counting it. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It is... I I have read some things that say the methodology was, like, worse earlier and may have may have overestimated the numbers yeah, possibly. that there were. Uh, but the, I'm, I'm seriously, seriously applying some glitter yes. to a vat of faecal matter here. Yeah. Um, because they have been doing it in the same way for the last four years at least, and they reckon mm. that it was 52% decline four years ago. It's now a 60% decline. Great. So that bit, great. even if like where they started from isn't great, like that's what's happened in just four years. Uh, it's, they haven't, that would be clear, they haven't gone out and counted all of the animals in the world no like they it's modeling based on particular populations so like if you really wanted to search for a sequin in a pile of dirt uh, that <laughs> might be something you reach for just as we go back and listen to episode 92 when we talked about all the insects being dead flying insects flying exactly exactly that like okay it's actually only flying insects and it's actually only in one place and maybe you know let's just cling to the idea that we're not extrapolating it vastly but they do seem pretty confident in their numbers yeah yeah um, so what I wanted to talk so about that's bad. that's bad and uh, it is bad um, it's bad it's, it's bad I wanted to talk about why we aren't talking about that why aren't we talking about that oh I mean, we're talking about we are it to- we're, that's literally what we're talking about we are about. literally talking about it but we are not we are not talking about it why are we not talking about it why was this below the great British bake-off in news why was this like, not a thing that people were Freaking out and wibbling their hands in the air and causing mayhem about. Oh, I mean, what are you supposed to do with the information? Like, is one thing. Oh, oh dear. That's that sounds bad. I guess I don't know. Donate WWF. Yeah, give give money to conservationy people. I don't know. I mean, if oh, I don't know. Lots of people have lives that are very disconnected from the natural world these days. So it may not it may not be that freaky outy to those people. Well, it isn't really. Like you know, a a scaled armadillo. There's sixty percent fewer scaled armadillos than there was in some place I've never been to. So what? I mean, like that's. I know. So what? Don't look. Don't look at me like that. I know. But like that's what a lot of people think, right? 
Not yeah. even you get upset about scaled armadillos, do you? You like no, a pangolin or two. Pangolin, oh, oh, best animal. Most traded animal in the world, pangolin. Like, that's not a good thing. I'm no, not, I'm not <laughs> sorry, boasting I really about that. wasn't sure. Was. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's also a, a reflection of the total absence of any kind of ecological education that people in this country uh, are pr- privy to. Because if if there was a basic level of ecological education, you would go, hang on a minute, that sounds like the entire food web on which all life is based. And if that's going, we're going. Yeah, go back uh, and listen to episode 120 when we talked about that manifesto for wildlife that Friend of the Babble, Chris Packham, had done. Yeah. And what, one of the chapters of that, one of the series of recommendations was about education, about kind of how it is you get school kids and universities and people like to learn about ecology and when we talked to that Chris Backham you asked him about that seem to remember you said to him like should we teach ecology in school should governments have ecologists instead of or as well as economists and he was like Spain does going Spain back to does. a previous item yeah minister for ecological transformation, transformation or yeah. something yeah. yeah absolutely yeah um so there we are so perhaps you know let's not dwell on this really anymore but maybe the babble is a little island of happiness um, Doesn't feel like it. No. Grumble, give a whistle, and this'll help things turn out for the best. No, I refuse to end the babble on a mope. Oh, give me a reason to be uh, optimistic, will you? Ooh, tough gig. You're good at this. Tough gig. Cambridge United have won two of their last three uh, not that uh, oh here's one here's one um, nature is like really resilient and if you give it a chance it will bounce back this isn't inevitable like I suppose I suppose that's the thing Chris Packham's very good on this like the language of all this stuff is really important we haven't lost these species no, we've buggered them we've burned them or or eaten them yes or pushed them away from their homes so that they can't survive anywhere like th- these are active things that we're doing uh, and, and the, the report the, the world uh, WWF report talks about the Cerrado 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 an extraordinary grassland habitat in, in South America and um, something hideous like the an area the size of Greater London is getting lost to farmland every two months every two right Jesus Christ and uh, and and that's not it's not getting lost it's not getting lost it's getting burnt like there are videos of it getting torched and burnt by farmers who are clearing it to grow crops to feed animals that rich westerners and other people consume in the form of burgers right this is a stuff this is stuff that we're doing which means that it's stuff that we can stop doing i'm not saying it's easy but it isn't just a natural process which is unfolding and is all we can do about it So that is just about it for all life on Earth oh. and the babble for this week. Oh dear, it's not been a cheery season, has it, this? No. 
I mean, I'm sure we're, we're about to turn a corner and all this stuff. Sure we are too. Yeah. Thank you very much, Al, for babbling with me. Thank you to the legendary Arthur Stovall for the logo, What Adorns the Babble, and its merch. Go to our <gasps> website and Dave, see. Dave, 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 Dave. I went for a drink with a friend and they went, oh, I've got a present for you. Unzipped their hoodie. And there, adorning their chest, oh. was a Babel t-shirt. Oh. The best thing is, they haven't listened to a single episode. What's wrong with them? I don't know. <laughs> but somehow, That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Somehow got wind of the fact that we had t-shirts and paid for one. It's weird enough that people do listen to this and put the Babel on their tits. People who don't. Yeah. It's exceptionally odd. Anyway, you can get your own Babel t-shirt. Go to our website, www.sustainababble.fish and click on t-shirts. And thank you to the legendary Dickie Moore for the music. Starts, ends, intertwinkles this here podcast. Now, before we go on to more thank yous and whatnot, we wanted to say a huge congratulations. Well done. You're a legend. We love you. To a bloke called Keith. Uh, Keith Alexander, I think, who on Twitter, having listened to one of our episodes, and specifically Dave, saying it ain't good enough to go and boycott people without telling people why you're boycotting them, tweeted about a frankly heroic thing where he went along to his bank, his local branch, and said, right, tell me about your divestment policy, and local clerk presumably went, sorry, what? I think he works in the Welsh office. (laughs) Die? (laughs) Uh, and but had you know do read the, the thread basically um, we'll give it, we've given it a read we'll give it another give read. it another one read the thread it is a really excellent expression of how it takes a bit of guts to do go and have these conversations but they are empowering conversations to have and then good things happen at the end of it so yeah thanks Keith that well cheered me up and I think you're a legend very good. Uh, if you want to find that tweet and other tweets, go to our Twitter at the at the Babble Wagon on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Sustainababble or email us to hello at sustainababble.fish. If you like what you hear, drop us a review on iTunes, five stars, please, if you think it's worth five stars, all counts. And if you really like what you hear, bung us a bit of dosh at our crowdfunder mm. at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble. Yeah. All right. I'm off to just transition to a future that is sunny and warm and green and full of the ugly fish and other bespined animals. I'm off to take early retirement and sit in the sun with a stuffed donkey. (laughs) Bye. Adios. Adios.